are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on June 21st of 2021. Got a quick little episode for you today. We got some injury news, a couple call-ups, uh, MLB issuing a memo about mudding of the baseballs, and then we're going to look back at our preseason award predictions as we are nearing the halfway point of the season, and then we'll jump to players of the week, like always, to finish the episode up. But before we get to all of that, how are you doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've had a had a pretty good week and I'm uh, just uh, hanging out, um, enjoying the summer and getting ready for some holidays coming up here the 4th of July in a couple weeks and um, just uh, just doing pretty well. How about yourself? Doing all right. Doing all right. Cannot complain. Had a good Father's Day this weekend. Spent it with my dad and uh, wish ever, all the dads out there a happy Father's Day, even if it's a little late here. But, uh, you know, just been excited watching some baseball this week, even though the Dodgers have been struggling pretty bad. Uh, but it's been it's been exciting. There's been some some good stuff going around the game so far. But let's go ahead and jump right in. We'll start with our first injury news, and it's a guy who's already on the IL, but is now has been confirmed to be out for the season, and that is Anthony Rendon of the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, that's unfortunate for the Angels. You know, Rendon, uh, that contract looks pretty bad right now. And uh, I hate to say it, but it's a wrist injury. Um, and obviously with a wrist injury, you never know how that's going to work out. But, um, you know, he's a guy who it was unbelievable for the Nationals um, when he was healthy. But, you know, when he was the Nationals, he had some issues with his um, – he had some issues with his um, – with it with injuries. I mean, there was a few seasons that he, he was, he only played 120 games a couple times, I believe. Uh, so he was, you know, he had, he dealt with that in Washington. His last three years in Washington were really good. Um, but, um, he, you know, he never played 150 games other than 2016. So, uh, then, you know, when he got to Los Angeles, the angels, uh, he had injuries last year, 2020, he, he was good there. I don't know. People, for some reason, were underwhelmed by him, but he was, you know, one of the best players in the league in 2020. And then this year, more injuries. I mean, the talent level still good. He's he's still a really good player. He was worth, you know, one war this year. But um, before the injury, which at this point, you know, he's on pace for like th- two or three, you know, before and 45 games. I mean, he'd be on pace for what four war. That's really it's really good player. But um, you know, you're gonna miss him and. I mean, you're looking at a guy with uh, what five years left. He's a free agent. Twenty twenty. He signed through twenty twenty six at an average annual value of thirty five million a year. So, you better hope that this whatever this injury is heals up and he comes back next year and plays well. Because right now, I mean, you've gotten less than a season's worth of games out of that contract in the first three years of it. So. Um, it's unfortunate and I hate it for Rendon cause I, I like him as a player. I think he's really good, but man, um, you know, it's, that's, that's a, and that's a tough break for the angels. Cause that team, that team seems like they just can never catch a break with the injury front. Yeah. And the angels, you need Rendon, um, to be healthy, to, to make that lineup successful. You know, you have Trout and Otani in there, but you kind of need that third high profile hitter to, to have consistent at bats. Um, especially with the, 
you know, the younger guys that they're trying to bring up with a Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh and Jared Walsh, who has shown flashes at times, but that lineup just needs another consistent hitter in it. Um, and Rondon has shown flashes this year, still 106 WRC plus. I mean, the, the stat line doesn't look great, but you can see the, he had a really low batting average on balls in play compared to his career numbers. So you expected that to, to take a step up, you know, throughout the season, but it really does suck with this, this wrist injury and him battling injuries um, throughout this contract. And they, like you said, they really do need to get him healthy going into next year so that they can make um, that push and, and just get some luck there. Cause you know, it was a team started off really hot and they've kind of came back down to earth and kind of made a lot of people, you know, that expected them to be really good at the season look like a fool so far. But uh, you know, it sucks for Rendon sucks for the angels. Cause I felt like they had a good chance to, to at least make a, a wild card push. And it doesn't seem if you have a guy like Rendon out that you might be able to do that anymore. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but uh, you know, and then maybe they can replace him. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Deadline's coming up. So maybe they make a move for, you know, another good hitter in there, but Going from Anaheim to Los Angeles, and we're going to talk about Mookie Betts, who had to go on to the IL for a rib fracture after colliding with Cody Bellinger in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, Mookie Betts was having a great year. Um, it, you know, already 148 WRC plus, uh, already put up uh, 3.3 wins above replacement on the season, 17 home runs, is, I think, you know, top, top 10 in the National League. Um, one off of being tied for second in the National League, that 18 is second, and uh, you know it's unfortunate for for the Dodgers to lose bets. They've kind of been struggling a little bit lately. I mean, compared to what you expected from the Dodgers, and uh, you know having bets out doesn't help. That doesn't help them, especially with the Padres hot on their tail. But um, but I think this team's deep enough to where it's not going to be that big of a deal at the end of the day. Cause bets, this isn't like something that's going to keep them out for you know a long time. It's just going to be a couple weeks. So yeah, they did. They said they expected it to be a couple weeks, um, but it could go into the three to four week mark, depending on how the, uh, the CT scans look. Um, it was unfortunate, you know, that it happened at this time as they are kind of really struggling. And he was one of the bright spots um, for the team throughout the season so far, because he'd been the guy, even though when they were struggling, he'd still put up good at bats. Um, and it was kind of a freak play. Like they were going for a fly ball. They didn't even seem to like that. They hit that hard. Um, and then he was kind of grimacing a little bit, but not much. And then I actually wonder, it was when Tyler Anderson was going for his no hitter and it was in the ninth inning, there was a fly ball to right field. I wonder if when they made that collision a little bit in the beginning, if it did something and then, cause it was in the first inning and then, you know, trying to save the no hitter, he did like a full out Superman dive and landed directly on his like right side to his chest. So I wonder if that might've like, you know, made the fracture even a little bit worse um, trying to do that play. But hopefully it's only a two-week thing um, and he can get back out there because the their team that needs him as their leadoff hitter to, to be in there and give consistent at-bats for sure. But we'll go ahead and stay in the National League West. And this one's more of a minor injury. We're not even quite sure the severity of it quite yet. But Manny Machado sprained his ankle yesterday, uh, or actually on Sunday. It looked quite bad, but the – so far, they said the, the scans and stuff haven't shown quite as bad as what it looked like and that he should be able to avoid the IL as of right now. Yeah, I mean, Manny Machado has been having a monster year so far. Uh, the BABIP is a little bit inflated at 364, but either way, I mean, 
He's putting up a ridiculous stat line of 164 WRC plus 328 average, 400 on base, 545 slugging. Um, you know, he's been a good base runner. He's stolen seven bases, but his, and his metrics have been great on the base running front. Uh, great defense as usual for Manny Machado and, uh, you know, 4.3 wins above replacement. Um, you know, that's a great number for him too right now. Uh, in fact, that would be on a, for the season. That would be his highest total since 2018 when he put up seven and we're not even halfway through the season yet. So, um, you know, obviously it's unfortunate for Manny Machado that he, you know, got injured here. But the good thing is that I think he he's going to be okay. There even there's even talk he might not even have to miss go or ha- have to be put on the injured list. So he should be back, you know, pretty soon. And if he, even if he is put on the injured list, it sounds like it wouldn't be like more than a minimal stay. So. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be a big deal at all. And he's having a great season, and they kind of need him to, to be in that lineup, you know, with missing Tati so far. And he's the way season he's had to help them, you know, stay right in that NL West hunt while Tati's kind of recovers. They need Machado in that lineup because if they have lose both of them, man, that's going to be it's going to be tough for them for sure. But let's move over to our prospect call ups of the week. Uh, and the first one we got was O'Neill Cruz. Uh, of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He got called up and he's made an immediate impact. He uh, Yesterday, I think it was within three innings, he already had a triple that he ran like over 30 feet per second, which if you don't know, 30 feet per second is highly elite in the game. And then he threw the hardest ball as an infielder this year at 96.7 miles an hour. Yeah, so um, O'Neill Cruz is a guy who a lot of people really thought should be in the majors to start the season this year. And while they did have an argument for that, he, he really was struggling to start the year at AAA, but he started to turn his at-bats around, um, you know, get going a little bit over the past few weeks. So, they, they you know, the Pirates finally decided to call him up. And um, obviously, Otho's numb with you know, what you just said. And, and then, you know, what he's done today as well, he's, he's, he's already got uh, – he's got a hit today as well. And, uh, you know, he's looked pretty good at the plate, you know, as you said, in the field – you know, made that great throw. I mean, there's some questions about him being able to stick at shortstop uh, long-term. You know, he's a little bit big. He doesn't have the quickest feet. But, um, you know, obviously the arm plays at shortstop. So, um, I mean, that's a ridiculous cannon of an arm. Heck, a um, little big. He's so. six seven. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I mean he, he's big. I'm talking about a big for shortstop, you know. I know. He's just, I'm just he, saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, he'd be that, big like, for any position, but. Yeah, they were talking about Seager was big for six four, six five. This dude's yeah. six seven at shortstop. Yeah, so uh, he is quick, but uh, you know, anytime you got such long legs to be six seven, I mean, your feet can't be, you know, there's only. But but this guy, you know, he takes a special talent to do it, and it sounds like he might be that guy. We just don't know. So, um, but we'll see what happens with uh, with O'Neill Cruz. It's exciting to see him up in the big leagues finally. Um, you know, and, and, you know, he could very easily be that guy that goes on a tear for the rest of the season. Yeah. And it made, it made a little sense for the pirates to do it. I mean, they basically, what they did is they held him down a couple days after the super two deadline, um, to where he won't get super two for arbitration. So everyone kind of knew that's what they were doing, but they were kind of just saying more development wise. Um, but it's good to see him finally up there and in, you know, showing what he's had so far. Yeah, and for in in O'Neill Cruz's case, I don't think it's totally, you know, obviously they they were waiting on the Super Two, 
But I think at the same time, it's not totally a Chris Bryant, Ronald Acuna situation where, you know, they send him down for like two weeks and then bring him up to save a year at service time. Like, oh, yeah. It's – he did have some things he needed to work on. Because when he started the season this year, he was striking out a ton in the first month. didn't look good at the plate. Even now, like his numbers at AAA, you know, he finally got his, his line back to league average. But he had a 232 average, a 336 on base, and a 422 slugging for a 103 WRC plus. That's not that good of a line for a hot shot prospect to get called up. It'd be, you know, obviously you can get called up with that line, and he deserves to be in the big leagues. I'm not saying that that's not the case, but you know that's not exactly you know knocking the door to the big leagues down type numbers. So, uh, but he did have a he did do a good job, at, you know, turning it around a little bit, getting going, and now um, you know he might very well take the big leagues by storm but uh but definitely a guy that um it's gonna be exciting to watch makes the pirates a lot more fun to see him at the big league level yeah and then if they're able to i mean they've already assigned key brian hayes if they're able to keep brian reynolds around too um you know that's a a good top three to start building your uh you know your major league team around for a team that's kind of been on the back burner for the last couple years but moving over to our other prospect call-up, and we mentioned him at the beginning of the year that he was supposed to be uh, on the Major League roster out of spring training. Ended up having a foot injury. Uh, he's fully healed up from that, went through a rehab assignment, and Riley Green finally got his call-up to the Major Leagues this past week, and he's looked really good so far. Yeah, Riley Green's looked good. Um, he's a guy that I think, um, you know, good. he's just kind of a good all-around prospect as, a, as an outfielder. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a decent fielder. He needs to work on it. He, you know, he's not the super fastest guy, but, you know, he's got good hit tool and good power. He's a strikeout guy. He, you know, at, at AAA in 2021 in 40 games, 27% strikeout rate. Double A 2021, 84 games, 27% strikeout rate. So he strikes out a lot. He's going to have to work on his swing and miss at the big league level. In fact, the lowest strikeout rate he ever had in the minors was 24.1% in 2019 at low A or at high A. So, you know, he's going to have to get better about that. But um, the projection systems actually like him not to strike out a ton, like, you know, more than that. And, um, I mean, so far at the big league level, he's looked pretty good in his first, you know, I guess he's played, what, four games? This is fourth game today. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's, he's walked five times already. So that's nice to see. Uh, only three strikeouts, so not too bad there. That'll be something to monitor. But uh, Riley Green's got a great swing, and he can hit the ball hard, and he's he's got good power, and he's gonna, he, I think he's going to be a really good player. But he's going to take a little bit of time to, to fully develop, I think. But but he's a good-looking player right now. So good to see him in the big leagues. Yeah, and he's only 21 years old. I expect in a, in a couple years he'll be a middle-of-the-order bat um, that a lot of teams will start having a fear. Like Riley Green, he – does it all he can hit he can hit for power um it's just he'll be one of those feared hitters for a long time for sure but let's go ahead and move on to our next subject and that was that the mlb today issued a memo to the teams about the formal process of mudding up the baseball and the storage of them um so if you don't know what mudding up the baseball means it's when the balls come they come in the box inside the bag um and it's how you take it out and you put this substance on it that I forget where they get it from. It's somewhere in Delaware, um, but it's called mud or well, I forget the actual name for it, but a clubhouse attendant basically takes the stuff. They rub it all over the ball and then they store the ball in the humidor. 
Um, and basically through MLB looking at the video from different clubhouses, they had saw the description or discrepancy between the clubhouse attendance, the way they were mudding up the baseball and the process behind it um, and causing maybe some of the slick slicker balls that we've been seeing. And they actually got called out over the weekend by Michael Lorenzen um, saying that the balls are so inconsistent that you never know what you have. Um, it was actually after a ball slipped out of his hand and he hit Justin Upton in the head. Um, so they issued a formal thing today about how it has to be on the mud or how, how the mudding process has to go. And then now how they have to actually store them in the humidor. So there's a set process for all of that now. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, while, while I don't know how much this affects the, everyone talking about the balls are unjuiced or the balls are not carrying whatever. Uh, I hope this at least addresses some of the consistency that people have been you know, talking about people have been all upset about the balls not being consistent and you might get one that's like super slick and one that's, you know, grippy and it just it changes from ball to ball. And hopefully this addresses that. So we'll see, um, you know, maybe that, maybe that'll fix some of the issue they have. Yeah. And that, that's what I think what people are hoping for is just more consistency um, out of it. If, if you know what ball you're going to get, then you can work to resolve stuff around it. Um, but if you don't know, then that that's the problem. You know, if you're getting one ball is super sticky and then the next ball you've been throwing, you know, you're 80 pitches into a game and the ball you get is all of a sudden like it's straight out of the package. Like it hasn't even been mudded up or whatever. That's going to be an issue because you've been throwing something for 80, 80 ways or, you know, 80 times. And then this one's completely different. So it, I'm interested to see how it goes. And there's even been some talk that they've been trying some other pre-tacked stuff and different forms of a mud or, or whatever in the minor league. So it is a, it is a thing that's been a big conversation and I'm interested to see now that we have this memo, what it looks like going forward and what the consistency actually is of the baseballs. But let's go ahead and jump over to, I mentioned at the end of last week's episode that we would jump back you know, as we're nearing the halfway point in the year and kind of just look back at our early season predictions or before the season predictions on the awards um, and see how stupid we look now. But we'll start in the National League. And for the National League Rookie of the Year, Matt, you had actually it's fitting for today's episode. You had O'Neill Cruz uh, for Cy Young. You had Corbin Burns. And then for MVP, you had Juan Soto. Yeah, so we can start looking at, um, you know, the Rookie of the Year here. Um, you know, I picked in, in the National League, um, O'Neill Cruz. And obviously, you know, we don't know anything about what O'Neill Cruz is going to do at the big league level this year because, you know, he's played, what, one game? Um, so, um, or two games, I guess two games if you include tonight. But, yeah, that's that's been, um, you know, I think he'll probably do well. But, you know, you're looking at the, the, the NL. Uh, some of the candidates here, uh, you know, I think um, you look at Brendan Donovan, who's come out of nowhere for St. Louis, has been really good. Michael Harris uh, has already been worth 1.3 war in just 22 games for the Braves, coming up straight from AA. I don't think anybody really expected to see him in the big leagues at all this year. Um, you know, Luis Gonzalez has been really good for the Giants. Um, Alec Thomas, a top prospect, has come up and done pretty well with the uh, Diamondbacks. Jack Sawinski's hit 11 homers for Pittsburgh. And uh, then you look at the pitching front, you know, obviously people kind of forget about looking at pitchers when it comes to the, uh, you know, Rookie of the Year awards. And um, Spencer Strider has been a 
phenomenal start, had a phenomenal start for the Braves. He actually really struggled tonight, but but in 44 innings, a, a 2.45 ERA, and Mackenzie Gore has been everything that the, the Giants had, I mean the uh, Padres had hoped for. Um, you know, at, at, even though he's, he's struggled a little bit lately, but he's been really good. A 3.64 ERA in 54 innings so far this year. Uh, he's been worth 1.1 WAR. Um, so that's some some guys to look at, but uh, I think you know it's kind of wide open still because the guys who are really on top are, are small sample size or kind of under heralded guys. Like I mean, Michael Harris is a top prospect, but that's only 22 games, so you don't know if he's going to be able to keep this going. He's got a 4.17 batting average on balls in play too. Uh, Brendan Donovan's kind of an un- unheralded guy. You don't know if this is just a hot start. He's also got a 3.81 batting average on balls in play, so. Um, and, and then you kind of look at those pitchers like Spencer Strider, you know, he's, he's a kind of a weird pitcher and he just started throwing, you know, pitching as a starter. And then, uh, you know, Mackenzie Gore as well, the guy who started hot, but you know, he's also a guy that his mechanics can get a little bit out of shape sometimes. So you don't know, he, he might go for, through a stretch. And one other kind of honorable mention to that is Camilo Duvall. Um, you know, he, we haven't really, th- I didn't really mention him because he's a reliever, but uh, he's been really good for the Giants as a closer. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, definitely an interesting race here for National League Rookie of the Year so far. Yeah, and you mentioned it's wide open. Um, for my my picks for Rookie of the Year, I had Seiya Suzuki. Um, you know, if you would have said two weeks into the season, you, I would say that was the the guy to win the award. But he really cooled off, um, and then he's been out, I believe, since May twenty sixth with a finger issue. Um, he just went to Arizona to keep continuing the rehab at the Cubs uh, spring training complex. Still don't know when he's even going to be back. Uh, you know, he, but the overall line, what he was looking at was a 245 average, 344 on base, 432 slugging, a 114 WRC plus. But a lot of those numbers were, like I mentioned, in the first couple weeks of the season, he was really, really hot and then kind of cooled off and took that adjustment period that I think a lot of people expected him uh, to have to get to. But that was who I had for uh, for my rookie of the year pick in the NL. But you mentioned guys like Brendan Donovan's been really good. Michael Harris has been phenomenal in his 22 games. It's it is completely wide open. It, any of these guys can still win it, and I wouldn't even be surprised if by the end of the season, even though he just got called up right now, that O'Neill Cruz is still in you know or in the hunt or the front runner at, at one point. Because I think if there's still over half a season, I mean that might get a little bit of a knock, but nobody's really ran away with it. Um, so if he he does what everyone expects him to do and keeps up the you know keeps up the start what he's looked like and does that for the rest of the season there's a an easy chance that he's in the in the hunt for that. So so if you were to pick right now who so far has been rookie of the year who would you pick? Right now, yeah. Mm, I would probably have to just give it to Brendan Donovan. Okay. Uh, I just. He, he doesn't have the, the – he's not a power hitter like that, but just the consistent at-bats he's doing, he's a high on-base guy. He doesn't slug much, but I, I just think Brendan Donovan's kind of surprised me the most so far. Um, you mentioned Michael Harris as a, as a, a uh, you know top prospect. Yeah, had he been up for the entire season so far, I think I would have picked him. Um, but just with 22 games, I don't think – I can really give that nod right now, and then Mackenzie Gore is probably a third for me. Yeah, right now. I think I'd go. I think I'd go Spencer Strider right now, um, but you know, even with tonight's start, he's been really insane. 
this year. Um, I feel the only problem with Strider is that he only has four games started. And right, if, but but when he's pitched out of the bullpen, he's pitched multiple innings every time, like three innings a piece. Like he's, he's only he's only got ten innings pitched fewer than Mackenzie Gore on the season. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things. Like he, you know, he had. It's not like he hadn't pitched a lot of innings, even though he did come out of the bullpen a lot. But um, I and, and Michael Harris, you could go with, but you know, twenty-two games. It's such a small yeah. sample size. I mean. It's hard to pick in that sample size. But Brendan Donovan would be a good pick as well. Um, I think he's been great. It's almost like they copied Tommy Edmond and said, here, here's another one. All right. So at the plate, at least. All right. Well, let's go over and look at the Cy Young Awards where you had Corbin Burns and I had Sandy Alcantara. Yeah. So, uh, you know, looking at the, the Cy Young Award here, um, I think that, you know, Obviously, uh, your pick has been pretty good. So both of our picks have been good so far. Um, Sandy Alcantara put up 99 innings already and 14 starts here in in the middle of June. Uh, that's something we don't see very often anymore. And if he stays healthy, uh, you know he's on pace for like, you know, if he get, gets he could get 18 more starts. So you're looking at well over 200 innings, probably 220, 230 for him this year and he's done that and putting up a sub three FIP and a sub two ERA on the season. He's been really, really good. 2.7 war. Um, and then of course, uh, my pick Corbin Burns, he's been every bit as good as advertised. The home run rate has been a little bit higher than, uh, than, you know, we saw last year, uh, but he's still getting the ball on the ground pretty well. And, and his X FIP shows a, a 268 X FIP, um, is good, uh, compared, especially compared to his, um, you know, his FIP is a little bit higher than that, but uh, 231 ERA on the season and 85 innings for him. Uh, that's one thing I like to see with, with Corbin Burns so far is 85 innings. Last year, that was kind of his downfall or his shortfall, even though he did win the Cy Young. Was he only pitched like 160, 170 innings. This year, he's on pace to, to be closer to 200. So, um, you know, that's something you really like to see from Corbin Burns is he's been able to go out there every every fifth day and get you innings. Um, even though part of that last year, he, I think he missed like three starts because of COVID last year or something. So, uh, but some other guys who have been great, uh, Zach Wheeler's been really good for the for the for the Phillies, especially after having a horrible start to the season. Uh, Max Freed's been extremely good for the Braves. He's having his best season so far. Uh, Joe Musgrove is a lot of people's front runner, along with Sandy Alcantara, the co front runners kind of. He's been in- incredible for the Padres. Um, you know. You look at uh, like like a uh, Aaron Nola has been really solid. Um, you know Tyler Anderson even has been good for the Dodgers. So uh, there's been a lot of good good stuff going on. And uh, but yeah, I think I think right now if I had to pick it, be Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, I think it's I, honestly I think right now it's Alcantara. But I mean I don't believe Musgrove's all that far behind. It's not far behind. I mean the the innings the 20 innings difference. I mean people would make an argument for that, but. The, the numbers he's been putting up as well, it, it deserves every bit of consideration um, for it. And I wouldn't be surprised that if that Alcantara maybe starts getting laid off a little bit, either in the middle or later in the season. Um, you know, he's been going like seven, eight innings, even nine innings sometimes every start. Like, I, I think it'll probably come back down a little bit um, when the innings will kind of even out over the long haul, but he's been absolutely insane this year to start with. And, you know, Burn, Burns has been, I think he even struggled a little bit to start the season and then he's really turned it around as well. So I don't think we, either one of us made bad picks there uh, for sure. But 
Uh, looking over at our NL MVP race, we both actually picked uh, Juan Soto as the MVP so far, and that is not looking too great at the moment. Yeah, uh, you know, looking at Juan Soto, I think that we aren't – I don't think we were as far off as it, as it's looking right now because Juan Soto is a guy who is never going to run a 213 Babbitt for a full season. In fact, I mean, his, his plate discipline numbers aren't quite as good as they were last year. But, I mean, last year, you know, 22% walk rate. I mean, he's at 18% on the walk rate this year. That's still really good. And a 15% strikeout rate, still really low. That average is going to come up. He's going to have a huge second half. I think the thing that hurts me with Juan Soto is the defense. He's been back to being a really, really, really poor defender this year. Uh, that, that hurts him a lot. But, I mean, he's still a great player. 14 home runs. He started to hit the ball, you know, hit for power a lot more. And the projection systems absolutely love him to have a, you know, 160, 170 WRC plus the rest of the season. So I, I still like Juan Soto, even though with his start he's had, he's probably not going to win MVP. Um, looking at the candidates for MVP right now, Manny Machado is definitely the, the top guy right now. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt's been extremely good. He's probably been the best hitter in the National League, uh, with Manny Machado having been the best overall all-around player. Um, you know, you look at uh, Mookie Betts has been really good. Uh, even uh, Tommy Edmond and even Dansby Swanson has been incredible. Three war for Swanson, 3.3 for Edmond. Uh, Bryce Harper has been DHing a lot because of the injury, but he's been great at the plate. Um, so, uh, you know, those are kind of some guys to look at with the, the MVP race right now. Uh, probably the front runners there. Yeah, the, I think that the easy top three at the moment is probably Machado, Goldschmidt, and Betts. Um, and especially now with, with Mookie being injured, um, that'll probably drop him down a little bit, especially if he's out for the couple weeks. Um, and then who knows with Machado. Goldschmidt's been insane so far, but um, you know I think it's kind of the three-headed race at the moment. If anyone from the Cardinals is going to win it, it's going to be Goldschmidt. Um, I just think with the, the power numbers that the, the people put up, I don't think Tommy Edmond will probably get enough consideration as much as he probably should anymore. Um, but... Just kind of a, a way about it, but not too bad, not too bad there. Uh, a couple of our picks looked good, a couple of our picks looked bad, but overall, I don't think it's the worst we've made so far. I mean, I picked uh, Francisco Lindor and Blake Snow last year, so I'm already off to a better start than that. So let's jump over to our American League, and we'll start with rookies of the year. You have Spencer Torkelson, and I picked Bobby Witt Jr. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we'll start with Spencer Torkelson, who's been one of the worst players in baseball this year. And uh, <laughs> it's been really unfortunate for him. You know, he's a guy that I picked him because I thought the floor was going to be really high and that he was kind of a sure thing to have some success early in the big leagues. But it's really been a struggle for him. Uh, the swing and miss has been higher than I think a lot of people expected. But honestly, a, a 256 batting average on balls in play has really hurt him. And that kind of seems to be maybe who he is. Uh, and, and he really needs the power to come through for, for him to be successful at the big league level. And right now, just four home runs in 61 games. That power hadn't been there. So the projection system still like him. And, and Torkelson also, for, for another thing, it's all bat with him. He, he has to hit. If he doesn't hit, then you're looking at a guy who, you know, his defense is really not good even at first base um and his base running is not good he's slow so you're looking at a guy who really has to be a special hitter 
for him to be successful at the big league level. And right now, he hadn't been that guy yet. So, um, you know, obviously, it's been a rough start for him. He's not so lost at the plate that he can't take his lumps at the big league level. It's kind of one nice thing to say about him. Like, he's walking a pretty good bit. He's not striking out, like, at a ridiculous rate. 26% is bad, but not ridiculous. And uh, he just needs to start, you know, taking some strides toward, um, you know, toward, toward, you know, his power and hit, get, getting, getting hit the ball a little bit better. Uh, but right now, I mean, I look at Jeremy Pena. I mean, he's been so good for the for the Astros. I think he's probably my, my guy right now. Yeah, Jeremy Pena has kind of separated himself at the moment as the clear, you know, front runner for Rookie of the Year at the at, at this time in, in where we're at. But you know, Julio Rodriguez, we mentioned, you know, how he had such bad luck to start off the season. He's looked really, really good as of late. Um, you know, he's at. 1.8 war already Bobby Witt jr. He also really struggled. You know, the, the numbers still don't look all that great, but he's kind of shown flashes at times. I think he even hit another Homer today. Um, but it really has been Pena that's kind of separated himself at the moment. And it will be really interesting to see if he can keep up this offensive production throughout the year. He was a guy who's not well known for being that good of an offensive player. Who's more defensive based. Uh, so it will be interesting to see, you know, how the numbers even out there and if Julio Rodriguez keeps up what he's doing, um, you know, where that will even out over time. But for sure, as of right now, Jeremy Pena has, has separated himself as the rookie of the year at the moment. Yeah. And this, I think this is going to be a really interesting race down the stretch because you got Pena who, you know, and, and Rodriguez who we talked about, but I mean, Bobby Witt is a guy who, you know, he's shown before in, in his minor league stints and, and, you know, in certain, times like spring training type stuff where he can get hot and be going to tear for like two weeks and can put him squarely back in it then you got guys like like maybe adley rutschman who he's played 24 games he's got a small sample so far the underlying stats look pretty good for him right now uh and you know he's gonna get going at some point and um you know he could maybe even sneak up there he's been fantastic defensively already for 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 baltimore as a catcher and he's gonna just get better and that bat's gonna come around. I'm telling you, he's he's not, he has not been, he hasn't been great yet at the plate. But the, but the underlying stats are showing that he's gonna be really good. So, I think um, I think that you could even see him maybe sneak up in there and, and get close, especially if the the top guys at the top kind of level off. Because, I mean, Jer- Julio Rodriguez is still striking out at, at a 30% rate this year, and you know. We don't know if Pena is going to keep up this offensive pace. I mean, he's been re- he's been great offensively, and we just don't know if he's going to keep this up. And Bobby Witt, there's still some things about Bobby Witt's game so far that he's going to have to work on and improve on. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be very intriguing. This four or maybe even a fifth guy. I don't know. Maybe Riley Green or somebody just goes crazy getting up in the big leagues. But definitely been interesting for those guys so far. And uh, also, you know, kind of just looking at a pitcher. Um, you know, I know that, um, you know, a lot of people like George Kirby, um, too. So I, he's not really a front runner for MVP right now, but 356 ERA in his first 43 innings is not too bad. So he's also got a 333 XFIP. So this is a guy that maybe you end up seeing turn into a, a pretty good, um, you know, a pretty good piece at the, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe gets hot, come down the stretch and is able to put his name in it, too. Yeah, that would be interesting to see if, if Kirby can turn around and get into uh, get into this battle with these offensive players. Uh, I do like Rutschman a lot. I, I think there's a ton of room for him to grow in there. 
the only thing is I'm worried in this race, at least is the lack of games from him, you know, coming in so late in the season. I just don't, I wonder if they're going to hold that against him um, to the level of that. But, you know, if the bat takes a major swing, the, the defensive player he's showed so far, it could, uh, you know, he could definitely shove himself in there. Um, but let's go ahead and look at our Cy Young award predictions. You picked Garrett Cole and I picked Jose Barrios. Yeah, so um, to start off, Garrett Cole has been good. Um, he's kind of been normal Garrett Cole, except the home runs have been a little bit high. Uh, but other than, I mean, he's also got a pretty high home run per fly ball rate. So part of that is pitching at Yankee Stadium. That's always going to be the case. But um, he's 13th in war for, for American League pitchers. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's been really good. And I think he's a guy that could go on a tear the rest of the season and, and put his name right up in the, you know, back up in that, in that top spot. But, uh, so far, I mean, Kevin Gossman's been really good. Tariq Skubal has taken a huge step forward for, the, for Detroit. That's been nice for them to see. Um, you know, you got Shane McClanahan's been incredible, uh, from Tampa Bay. He's, he's probably been the best pitcher just kind of talent wise. I mean, I think he's probably my front runner right now. So uh, definitely some some interesting guys up at the top. Bunch of Yankees. So uh, I think there's five Yankees in the, or four Yankees starting pitchers in the top 20 in WAR for the American League pitchers. So um, definitely interesting there. But uh, but I think um, you know it's gonna be an interesting race because I don't think anybody's really separated themselves so far. Yeah, I don't think really anybody like you mentioned. Nobody's really separated themselves as the guy so far. I mean, McClanahan's been good. Um, Alex Manoa has been really good as well. Kevin Gossman has been pretty decent. Um, you know, Garrett Cole's being what we expect Garrett Cole to be. Um, you know, and there's been a couple other surprises in there, like Verlander coming off the Tommy John surgery at 39. He's been, you know, really good at 230 ERA. The FIP is 339, but you know, still coming back off Tommy John at 39. That's really insane. Logan Gilbert's been really good as well. 228 ERA, a 303 FIP. Um, so there's this, this race is wide open, um, you know, in the Cy Young mark, um, you know, my prediction of Jose Brios hasn't been as great. He has a 511 ERA and a 491 FIP. Uh, I do see a, a room for improvement. The strikeout rate is down a little bit. He's not getting the ball on the ground as much. Um, so I think that's two easy signs to point out like, Hey, get the ball on the ground a little bit more and strike some more people out. Uh, but you know, at this point, he's he's out of the Cy Young race. At he's this not getting at the moment. he's not getting as many swings and misses as he's gotten in the past. Yeah. So maybe it's something mechanical that people are picking him up better or something. But that's been that's hurt him real bad. I've watched a couple of his starts, and it just seemed like he could never get a swing and a miss. So yeah, it's it's really easy for them to pick up on what he's doing. So I wonder if he's even tipping some pitches right now because even the movement he has base should just be able to to get him a swing and miss because he has insane movement, but. It's been uh, it's been interesting to see for sure, but let's go ahead and move over and look at our MVP race. You picked Vlad Jr. and I picked Byron Buxton. Yeah, so um, MVP race. I mean, Vlad Jr. It's not that he hasn't been bad at all. He's actually been really good. 142 WRC plus. He's hit 265 with a 357 on base, a 506 slugging. This is probably the floor of what Vlad Jr. can be too. Because, uh, you know, a 265 batting average on balls in play. He's been pretty unlucky there. 
Um, but the problem with Vlad Jr. is it's a little bit like I talked about with Torkelson is that, I mean, the bat has to be insane for him to be an MVP candidate because he doesn't run the base as well and he doesn't play the defense very well. So, I mean, he has to put up a num uh, season like he did last year and come close to winning a triple crown type thing for him to be good at for him to be an MVP caliber or else he's just going to be a really, really solid all-star caliber first baseman. And that's kind of what you've seen so far from Vlad Jr. He's been extremely good, but he's, he's really been more of just an all-star caliber first baseman than he's been a, you know, a candidate for MVP. Uh, but you look at, uh, you know, the top of the list here, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are talking about Aaron judge being the guy he's been incredible. 25 home runs, um, you know, 186 WRC plus. That the entire American League has been insane so far. Uh, the top five or six guys have been crazy good. Uh, Rafael Devers has been really good. You know, he's kind of set himself apart with his defense and base running being so much improved. Uh, he's actually leads in WAR in the American League. Uh, Jose Ramirez has been incredible. A seven percent strikeout rate for Jose Ramirez is really something to look at. Uh, he's got a 190 WRC plus, and of course with him, base running and defense is a big deal too. Uh, Judge is actually third, even though everyone's talked about him being such a far away candidate. He's been he's third in WAR, and Mike Trout's right there too. Even though I'm a little bit worried about Mike Trout's strikeouts because they are, he's got a lot of them right now. Yeah, I mean the strikeout rate, it, you know, it, it's bumped up this year for sure with Mike Trout, but he's still been insane. I mean, a, a 290 batting average, 383 on base. 652 slugging, 21 homers, 193 WRC plus. Like it, it feels like Mike Trout could even be getting better still at this point, which is insane to think about. Um, you know, but still fourth in uh, in WAR there. You know, and then you look down. I picked Byron Buxton. He's seventh right now. The the overall stats: 233 average, 315 on base. Don't look that great, um, but still 153 WRC plus in 50 games. He has a 2.5 WAR. Um, 19 homers, you know, he's battled some hip injuries this year, which he's always battled injuries. Um, so they've been giving him extra days off, but you know, I would wonder if he had, you know, 67, 65 games, like a lot of these guys, how close up to the top of that board he'd be, um, you know, and a 216 batting average on balls in play for yeah, Byron Buxton is something that will not, will not continue. Yeah. I mean, projection systems have his, Babbitt listed as like a thinking he's going to run a 280 to 290 Babbitt based on his quality of contact and everything, um, which is obviously way higher than what he's running right now. But uh, the thing I like about Byron Buxton is his plate discipline's gotten better. Uh, the strikeout rate's similar to what it's been the last couple of years, but his walks have ticked up. He's at an 8.5% walk rate, almost 9%. So that's a really good sign for Byron Buxton. That's something that's always held him back is that he had to hit lots of home runs or hit the ball ridiculously hard to, to make up for that. But, but so far this year, um, you know, his plate discipline has been at least like average at, at drawing walks too. So that's been uh, something that's good to see for him. Yeah, it really has been. Um, you know, overall though, you mentioned Vlad jr. He's been really hot the last couple weeks, yeah. even um, kind of showing the MVP type numbers he was doing last year. He he's done that in the past like couple weeks stretch. Um, so maybe we're seeing, you know, the, the slow start, but him kicking it back into gear. Um, it really is, I, you know, we talk about this, the top of it's so insane, but I still feel like the race is wide open. Like you could easily say Devers, you could easily say Jose Ramirez, you can easily say judge or trout and, and 
any of them could be right. But then you look down, you know, you got Vlad Jr. down there. You have Buxton down there. You have a couple other guys that could probably sneak their way into consideration. Um, but it's just that I feel like anyone could still win this award in the American League. Yeah, I mean, it, it's possible. I mean, any of those top six or seven guys that we've talked about could, could do it. And then maybe you throw in like Vlad Jr. Just because we know how hot he can get. Like, so, you know, but, but of course, like I say, with Vlad Jr., it's one of those deals where he has to be the best hitter in baseball by a pretty good margin. Because if not, you know, you take in, you kind of, the fact that he plays first, uh, he plays a very mediocre first base defensively, and he's a, a atrocious base runner. I mean, you have to take that into account, but, you know, he has to be insane at the plate. And it's kind of like Jordan Alvarez, too. We didn't even talk about him. He's been the best hitter in the American League, probably. I mean, he's been insane this year. A, a 311 average, 403 on base, and a 623 slugging. He's got a 193 WRC plus, which is tied with Mike Trout for the highest in the big leagues. I mean, he's been ins- or highest in the American League. I think Goldschmidt's is actually higher, but uh, he's been insane. And but you know, he's a DH, so it's hard to you know call him the best player because he's, he DHs and he doesn't play any defense. So um, you know, when you compare him, it's kind of a, the tiebreaker. I mean, you compare him, and he's got similar numbers to Ramirez, Judge, and Mike Trout, and you know, but they all do a lot of things. Judge is playing center field this year, some so um, definitely, definitely a difference there. But yeah, it has been. So let's go ahead and wrap up the show with our players of the week. Uh, so who do you have for your hitter this week? So my hitter this week is actually I'm actually going to go with Michael Harris. Uh, he has had a gigantic week. Um, the guy that you know, obviously the Braves called up. I think. Uh, two weeks, three weeks ago now. Uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's played about, I think he's played 22 games, we said earlier. So, uh, But this week in six games, he's hit 478 with a 500 on base, an 870 slugging percentage uh, with uh, two home runs. That, that goes along with great defense in center field, which was badly needed when the Braves called him up. That's really the main reason they called him up. And then uh, good base running too. He hadn't stolen a base this week, but he's taken first to third a few times. Um, you know, he, he's just, he's looked really, really, really good. Um, you know, the plate discipline needs to get a little bit better with the walks. He, he's, he hadn't walked very much, but, uh, he is keeping the strikeouts down pretty well. His chase rate's kind of high, but he swings a lot. He's, he's good at making contact. Um, you know, and he, he's been fantastic for, for the Braves. So, uh, definitely, uh, Michael Harris, you gotta watch out for uh, 21-year-old rookie. He's actually the youngest player in the big leagues. He's, he's like a month younger than Wonder Franco. Wow, I didn't know that at all. Uh, but it, Michael Harris just seemed like he gave a little bit of life to that Braves team um, at the time. It, it's, I don't think it's quite that much of a coincidence that you know shortly after he got called up, they go on this really long you know streak. Um, you know, I think, what, are they 16-2 and two or 16-3 and three in the month? 16-3 now, they lost tonight. Yeah, sixteen and three in the month of June so far. Like, I mean, of course that's Ronald Acuna being Ronald Acuna and stuff, but it kind of lines up with when he kind of got called up. They, you know, for, after the first couple games, they've made a little bit of a run. Um, so he's definitely added, you know, a key part to that team and, and what he's done so far in the year. Um, let alone what he did this week. Uh, it's been really, really nice to see what Michael Harris been able to do. That uh, for my hitter this week, I went with Mike Trout. You know, usually a layup pick every any week you want to pick it. Um, but honestly, I 
oh, on the overall stats, it's not going to jump off the board. A two sixty seven average, a three fifty three on base. Um, but why I really picked him is he had five homers this week. Um, but the real story was that he hit four of them in a four game, or he hit five of them, but in four games against the Mariners this over the weekend, he hit the go ahead home run in each game to give his team the win. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, and obviously, you know, Mike Trout can do that. So, yeah. but um, well, the one the one cool thing about that is that I think that's the team that Mike Trout in his career has hit the best against. They were I was watching one of those games and they were talking about how he had hit like it was the his highest. You know, his stats were the best against the Mariners out of any team. So it's kind of like you get a guy like Mike Trout, and then he's just kills one team above all other ones it's like my god they probably want to get rid of him yeah yeah so that i that's really the reason i wanted to do is because i thought that stat was pretty fun to to hear and see and something that you know i had never seen before and i think it was the first was the first time that that had ever been done i want to say it was the first time that had ever been done for four straight games at least that might Um, be in in one series to be able to do that so pretty interesting but uh who'd you have for your pitcher this week so my pitcher I went with this week, and honestly, there weren't a ton of good pitching options this week. Uh, you know, I, I don't for whatever reason. Um, but I went ahead and went with um, uh, Garrett Cole. He he had a start the other day. He flirted with a no hitter again, but uh, Garrett Cole pitched he, a two start guy, thirteen and a third innings. Um, you know, a .680 ERA, which means he just gave up one run in those 13 and a third innings. And that start against the Yankee uh, against the Rays, I think he had seven and two-thirds, seven and a third or something. And he had, he gave up the one hit, but he had 12 strikeouts, three walks in that start, um, which was incredible. And Garrett Cole is pitching extremely well right now. And I know people like to hate on him because he's a sticky stuff merchant, whatever, but, um, you know, he's also one of the best pitchers in the game. And unfortunately, he's on the Yankees, which makes him also somebody that people don't like for that reason, too. But um, but he's uh, he's doing he's doing extremely well and um, he's having a great year. And I think if you look look at this at the end of the year, you're going to come back to see that Garrett Cole's going to be up high up on that list of Cy Young candidates, even though right now there's a few other guys probably ahead of him. Yeah, I think a lot of people were worried, you know, especially late last season after that, that, you know, was Garrett Cole all the sticky stuff guy? Like, because his performance really did dip, but he's shown this year that he's been able to adapt without having that. And he's been the Garrett Cole we kind of all expected him and what he's been for most of, you know, since what, 2017 or 2018 when he got to Houston. Um, he's been that that guy this year. Um, so he's really turned around even without that and, and adapted. So, you know, it, it's always great when the your top pitchers in the game can you know evolve over time and, and change with how things are going and and be at the same level. Um, so it's been really cool to see Garrett Cole and especially when you mentioned that him flirting with that no hitter, it was uh, something special as well. There, uh, for my pitcher this week, I ended up going with uh, San Francisco Giants pitcher Logan Webb. Um, two starts this week, both seven inning starts. Once one was against the Royals, one against the Braves. Um, gave up one run throughout the two, had three walks, had uh, 16 strikeouts. Just a, a really good week from him. He had a what? What is that actually line up? I gotta go back. 
It was a 0.64 ERA, 241 FIP. Um, you know, Logan Webb struggled to start off the season. It's really turned it around and been another key piece in that Giants rotation with Carlos Rodon. Um, but really good week from him uh, and kind of what you would expect from from a guy who really broke out last year and, and is a top of the rotation guy for the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, and to further elaborate on Logan Webb a little bit, a lot of people have talked about him not being as good this year as he was last year. And, I mean, he doesn't have a 272 flip this year, but, you know, he's been really good. I mean, he's got a 326 ERA on the season, a 3.06 flip. I mean, he's getting on the ball on the ground at a 57% rate. He looked great in that start yesterday. I watched him. With it being against Atlanta, I mean, I think Logan Webb's a guy that going forward, he's going to continue to be a really, really good. He's not a one-hit wonder last year. He's going to be a really good pitcher for a long time if he stays healthy. Yeah, and he just throws a hard sinker yep. and with the slider and the changeup he has. Slider like, and change have been great, too. Yeah, yeah, they have been. They've been really good. And with the hard sinker being able to to have the you know three different pitches that head three different ways, but can all come out of the same slot, that's really really hard to hit. Um, and you have a guy who throws a hard one in, and then a hard slider down and away, and then a changeup that comes out of the hand just like those two, but then just starts straight down. He's been really good, and and it's, he's been a real revelation for the Giants um, team because he was not like a a high rated prospect or anything. I think when he graduated, he was the, the seventh-ranked prospect in that system or something like that. And the Giants are not one that are ever known to have a strong, strong farm system. They're just one of those teams that always just finds developed guys um, out of nowhere. But um, Logan Webb has been really good this year, and, and you mentioned you know people haven't really get, been giving him the due this year because he was so good last year, and he hasn't lived up quite to that yet. Uh, but he's been really good. And I think it was, he kind of started a little slow. So I think that kind of adds to it a little bit as well. But, uh, you got anything else you want to wrap up on? I think that's pretty much it. Just, uh, you know, I hope everyone, uh, stays cool here for the next couple weeks, still really hot in across the U S and, uh, we'll, um, you know, got holidays coming up and, um, you know, in a couple of weeks, the 4th of July. And I know, uh, we're almost the last week of June. So if time's flying by, um, and, uh, just, uh, you know, hope everyone stays safe out there. Yeah. I, uh, echo that as well. Hope everyone stays safe and we'll, uh, keep bringing it to you each week here on the Batflip podcast. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>